0: Hallelujah. He did. one more time, he never fails. It is that we can stand here with our head held high and say, We serve a God who never fails. He always keeps his appointments. He said, If there's two or more of you gathered in my name, I'll be there. So he's here this morning. By virtue of his word, he promised and he never fails. Amen. Oh, I've heard you sing the beautiful songs today of Zion. Washing his feet as you worshipped him. Making him welcome. Because we know he's here among us. I know he's here because one thing, I brought him here. And I know you did too. Right here today is... We speak about a God who never fails. There are many people that has needs, situations that are going on in their lives that are are very difficult. And I I just want to remind you as we go to prayer this morning, we serve a God who never fails. We've seen him heal cancer, not just once. We've seen him do it numbers of times. We've seen him; heal will brain bleeds and give extension of life. We've seen him restore health to where, where a man wouldn't have to take oxygen for three years and extend his life. You know, we're not going to live here forever, and God's got a predetermined, destined time for us to leave because He's determined that these mortal bodies will not always be what we're in. And until the change comes there will be those maybe even up to a day or so I don't know maybe hours before the change we may put them away in the grave but they're coming right back up you see the promise is ours the promise is ours today whether it's healing deliverance whatever the need is even even yes even for your financial needs God cares He's, he watches over the sparrow. and He closed the, the flowers of the field. And he said, don't you know I know how to take care of you too? So you can trust him for everything. He's an everything God. Not just specializes in hills and valleys or, you know, or this problem or that. But he specializes even in what men call impossible. We're here today to go to the Lord in prayer. I got a text from Brother Kenny Camp, uh, who uh, asked me to pray this morning for Sister Jeannie. She was coming to church. She went back to bed with a sick headache. She'll go to, she'll go to the hospital for surgery tomorrow as the cancer has shrunk where that um, it can be operated on. The, scur- the surgery is scheduled at 930 her doctors have been absolutely amazed that she's had very little or no side effects but you see we believe march 16 around here that if we take any deadly thing it'll not hurt us so we believe that and we apply that we also have um someone who's written in i believe they're from west virginia but anyway that's where their area code is from It's robbie davis and um but he's been recently diagnosed with cancer and he's asked that we would pray for him. He even asked that I would maybe call and pray for him, but I've alerted him today that we are praying for him in this service. And You know, I'm, I'm not asking you to pray because we're just hoping that somebody here has faith to believe. And one of you, you know, might do it. But I believe that we're all people of faith, that we've been taught to believe the Word of God, to believe the word of promises, and that God is not just more than able, he's more than willing. One man would ask him one time, "Lord, if thou will, you're going heal me of this leprosy." He didn't have to think about it. He said, "I will be thy clean." You see, it is God's will. To bring healing that's why he died for our deliverance I'm speaking to you too sister Jennifer God bless you you're here today doctors are saying she's gonna need a kidney transplant well I know a good physician I've seen him work as <laughs> he does the best job and he is more than able we're gonna look to the Lord today as we Go to prayer and believe God for these needs. For Robbie there in, in West Virginia, don't give up hope. Don't don't think it's hopeless. No, we serve a living God. For Sister Jeannie there that is listening with her and Brother Kenny together and facing surgery tomorrow. Well, wow, I remember I remember going into a hospital room and with Sister Karen Emmons before her surgery. They would go and she was, all the tests had said she had cancer in, in her female glands. They went in there after prayer and you know the story. I went in there, Brother Timothy, just a young minister at that time. He would preach on it and I walked in there and I said, what, what do you want me to do with this cancer? That was my question. What do you want me to do about this? how do you want me to pray? She said, cut his head off. We had prayer with her that day. They go in there, the doctors are embarrassed, come in there, really embarrassed, come into the family. said, we don't know what happened. We can't explain what happened, but we we went in there and we didn't find anything. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Now God would give her Three more years of life, and she needed that. There was some things that she needed to get right with the Lord and, and make peace with, and she did that. And God took her. But you know that was her time. But if Satan is standing before you today with the door of death, you don't have to walk into it. We have an intercessor, and we can go to the judge and say, "We need a restraining order put on the devil." Amen. That's called divine healing. He's trying to take somebody that ain't made their three score and ten. And even if they have, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Abraham didn't get his, his real blessings until he was after a hundred. So we can believe God for every need. That's what we are. We are believers. That's what believers do. They believe. Will you believe with me today? How many across this building will believe? How many across the world will believe with me right now? God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before your throne of grace, it is there we find help in our time of need. And it is there that we can come before the throne as it was today. I come knocking on your door. I've come approaching the throne of grace. I know it's the throne of grace. Lord, there was a time we could not approach that throne. But you came and gave your life and became our approach to spirit God. So Lord Jesus, we approach spirit God through the man, Christ Jesus, who was God in the flesh. I pray, dear Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come by the way of the blood, by the way of the cross, by the way of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. You remember, Lord, you suffered for Jeannie Kemp, for Robbie Davis, for Jennifer Lay. You suffered for the many needs that are there in the body. You suffered for them. You went to hell. For, for all of our sins and paid the ultimate price and you rose up defeating death, hell, and the grave and you triumphed on that day over cancer, over sickness, over disease and today we are declaring Satan has already lost and we are taking back the health that was t- stolen from our Brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare the word of God is true and that Satan is defeated and that he has to leave their bodies now in the name of Jesus Christ for God's glory. In Jesus' name, we believe, Lord, with all of our hearts and we thank you for your words of promise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, amen. May the Lord bless His Word today as we look into His Word. Thank you. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Oh, my, we've just been having one great outpouring after outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we are so thankful for that. We're so grateful for what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has done. and Amen. What He will do. For He said, i I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. How many believes he's with us? Yeah. How many believes he's in your life? Yeah. Amen. Then he said, I'll be there. I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So he is our comforter, our strength, our guide this morning, and we're looking to him. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. I want to begin reading from this Today, I'm going to be speaking today on Behold the Word Bride. Amen. Behold the Word Bride. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, actually would be, Rome, the, this chapter is probably one of my all-time favorite chapters of the Bible. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many believe He'll lead you? And as I've often said, it's not because we are, you know, put on cruise control and autopilot and we're just going to get there. But if we're sons, we seek his leadership. That proves our sonship. We know who our father is. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. of the sons of God, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated, Amen. I, I tell you, I we have such a wonderful Word of God laying before us today, and I, I also wanted to mention that I, I especially that I have so appreciated your prayers over this past um, this past week, and especially while I was in Virginia. Of course you didn 't know that I was going, it was to be a surprise for brother Ron, and so i didn 't make any kind of announcement that I was going to be going there, but i'd been asked by Brother Andrew to go and as you know, uh, no sooner than I got there uh, just just, um, as just within just after my arrival we um, uh, he got a phone call from the doctor telling him the news of, of all of his um, a recent uh, test um, last night. He, he preached a masterpiece, a wonderful service, and and today they're going on down to um, uh, uh, Florida, and and from there we'll go on a little cruise. So they're having a little time of of R and R. But anyway, um, this I went there and I had um, had that time together with him. I asked Brother Donnie Reagan to come. And to meet us there, he also was really, really gracious to put aside his busyness of his schedule and to come. And we had a, a, a tremendous time together and just, you know, a time of prayer and time of, uh, you know, uh, of the promises of God. And, and if you watch the service, it was a very powerful and very moving service. Uh, aware that we have done what God, what God's Word told us to do. And uh, so we, I believe, have fully obeyed the Lord, and it's um, up to Him. Amen. We certainly want His will no matter what. I want His will from my life no matter what. Amen. And so sometimes we maybe don't, uh, maybe we don't understand God's will or His purpose or His plan, but we know that we are in his hands and our lives are in his hands. The other day I watched a, an interview with an Israeli, Israeli soldier as he was talking about uh, the events of the war that they are in. And I mention this because I, I believe that in many ways that we, are, um, we parallel Israel. They are the natural people. We are the spiritual people. And so even Brother Branham told us, see, if, if you want to know what time it is, he said, watch Israel, see what's happening there. And um, you know, we, as I watched uh, this interview, he was telling how that Israel would never be the same as before October the 7th, the day that they were attacked by the Hamas and um, said the army will not be the same said society itself will not be the same and and of course uh, many of our my brethren and myself included believe this is a precursor to the great battle of armageddon that lays right ahead of us that we're that i wouldn't miss for the world now i'm gonna go away but i'm gonna come back for it right because there's a rapture and a marriage supper of the lamb and the judgment's being poured out upon the earth. And, and then we will come back with him in Revelation 19. Um, following the, 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 he that sits upon the white horse. The word of God. And, and we will be following him coming back to take it over for the millennium. You can just look around the world today. We're going to get it all back man, it was stolen from him, but we're going to get it all back. But uh, but this man was saying, we have been living under the delusion that terrorists can be appeased and negotiated with, and this has been a very strong wake-up call to the fact that you cannot negotiate with evil. You cannot negotiate with someone who is saying, my central goal is to destroy you and everything you believe in, and, if, and, and say, if I give you something, you will decide that's not your end goal, and just remember, uh, we we fight an enemy, and those same spirits that you saw physically attack Israel is against the bride in an ecclesiastical manner. Remember this; it it comes against us in the ecclesiastical manner. Now we we had all that kind of. Uh, convoluted some years ago and we thought the bride would go through all of that but you know that's that's not the promise the promise when the trumpets were um were placed for the prophet of god as like joshua placing the people in the land and we were placed in the promises we were shown that uh again that the squeeze even that he talked about and and pondered over and, and, and thought, well, this will be perhaps when the third pull will work and, and whatever, he would come in the Feast of the Trumpets after being revealed what portion was to Israel and that portion divided and said, you know, we don't go through that time. And, uh, you know, that he will keep us from uh, his bride, from everything that, anything that would turn her hand. And so he makes it clear, the next thing for you is the rapture. And we're in it. We're a part of that rapture. And, uh, and, but, uh, but again, they come against us in an ecclesiastical manner. In other words, in a spiritual manner. And even using, even using religion, even we use quotes. Even, and and it'll even, it can happen even from message pulpits. Or from, from the pressures of, of religion or whatever, the, the, the very society that we're living is is designed to kill your faith, to destroy what you. And you cannot negotiate with someone who's saying my essential goal is to destroy you and everything you believe in. And say, if I'll just give you something, if I can you know, give you something, I can appease you, you know, and you'll decide that's not your end goal. And he said, the Islamic has been stating openly for decades, that is our goal, the destruction of the Jewish people and everything they stand for. And not just the Jewish people, but everyone that, everybody that believes like them, the Judeo-Christian values, Western values, the concept of peace and liberty, they are opposed to all that, of that they openly say again and again, we want to destroy all of this. We want to take away your freedoms. We want to take away your peace. We want to take away your belief system. We're going to kill you to do that. And we have this Western mindset that maybe we can appease them. Maybe we can sort of keep it under control. And this has been a very clear wake-up call for me, personally, for our country and for anyone who has eyes and ears to see and hear what is going on, that there is, a, there is real good and there is a true evil. So I, in this, I want you to keep the parallel. This is really not what I'm preaching on. This is just uh, an introduction this morning. But Israel, he says, is a nation that says we are here by, called to be here by God. And the nation of Islam that says we are called religiously to destroy you, and and there is a force that is corrupted by e- evil and hatred that opposes God's people and God's plan. And I want you to say that is also true of the attack on the Bride of Christ in this day, because we are called here; we have been brought here to this land of promise to the Bible Bible times, Bible days, to Bible promises, to, to the word of God, to his fullness. And, we, and, and yet the enemy is saying we are called to destroy you and, and they are a force corrupted by evil and hatred. It opposes God's people and God's plan. So don't be surprised that you're under opposition. That you're being opposed. Don't be su- surprised that Satan will come right in and he'll bring diseases and afflictions and unbelief and doubt and, and everything else to make you look like a failure and that you are not in your promised land. He'll do everything he can to bring destruction and, dis- and discouragement. Remember, he's got to work. There's, there are spirits released in this day that has not even been before in other ages. I'm, I'm quoting this from actually Revelation chapter 9 where, you, where there are 300,000, that is 300 million demons that have been reserved that has been held in the river Euphrates. This is symbolic. And, and I could go into all the symbolism this morning. We know it, and I could go into it, but I'm not. But they've been held and released in this day against the bride and against Israel. And they will also come against the remnant of the woman's seed, which will be the leftovers from the bride who will go through the tribulation, who will be exterminated there. There's going to be such violence and such hatred And such, such uh, you know, evil that is poured out that you cannot imagine. I'm talking about you can see them as it's witnessed again by the slaughter of innocent Israeli civilians, heartless demons, put Israeli babies in ovens and baked them in front of their parents and then slaughtered them. Cut open pregnant women. Yes. Sir. Raped them so many times until their was broke. That's right. Yes. Killed parents before the children. Took children, killed them before the parents. And these demons, they might have went dormant. Maybe you don't know, look like. You know, they made an appeasement with them. We'll let you little, have this little piece of this, uh, of this land, the promise, you know, you can have over here and call yourself Palestinians. You can have yourself rule. You can do all of that. But they didn't want that. They wanted all of the promise. They, didn't, they want to drive Israel all the way to the sea. They don't want an Israel. And I tell you, Satan does not want a bride. Amen. You cannot appease him and you know, they might, these devils, these demons might have went dormant, but they're not, but not really. They went into hiding all of these years. They have been building massive underground tunnels coming only up only to send destruction and Satan might have went under here and there and you hadn't seen him working here and there and wherever, but brother, he's showing his ugly head again. And, and this man goes on the stage from the top to bottom, we need supernatural wisdom. We're dealing with something that is beyond the basis of war and conflict. We're dealing with a supernatural hatred toward Israel that is executed by Islam, that is um, uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran. And at the same time, we're fighting a war that is of spiritual significance. We must see the big picture. And I, and I want you to see, even see that the attack of Satan that will come against the saints of God, whether it be, like I said, with sickness or, or uh, whether it be with unbelief or depression or, or even from the clergy because it's an ecclesiastical demon. Remember this. I, I, I want you to know that the, it is, we must see the big picture of what's really going on. Amen. So he said, pray for our leaders and pray for wisdom and energy and focus for our troops on the ground and for for resilience for our people. The price that we are paying as a people for this level of conflict, this level of violence, this level of pain and hurt is going to be carried for a long time. Then he was asked the question, do you see any future for your kids here in this land of Israel? You see any future, you know, you know, you know, the thought is, why not just all you Jews just pack up and leave? Is there any future in here? Is there a future for your kids? I mean, you know, we just had a bunch wiped out and you know, missiles coming and, and everybody's had to live with under this thing of, of daily running to bomb shelters and sirens going on. Is there any future? for your kids here in this land of Israel. And he says, of course, we have no other country. And I want to say the same thing. Yes, we have a future for our kids. This is our land. God gave us an open book. We don't want to just focus on one part. We want to believe it all. Even the parts that have laid barren can bring forth life. if brought in the right atmosphere. Amen. And I say, as this man goes on to say, he said, I say God gave us this land and we have lived in this land. And this, the promise was to have the land and to live in it. And, and there again, that's our promise to have this land of the Bible and to live in it. Amen. We're going to see it bring forth fruit. We're going to plant faith and water it with the right atmosphere. And we're going to see healings, miracles, salvation, deliverance, amen, revelation, understanding. Come on, we're gonna have everything that the Bible, we're gonna have holy lives, sanctified lives, forgiveness of sins, mercy, grace. We're gonna have everything that's in the promised land. And all it requires is, is, is planting the word in that promise. Amen, and watering it with thanksgiving, with your praises, amen, and expecting return, and God will make the barren barren land rejoice. If there's barrenness in your life and in your family, God is going to make that be fruitful, and there is future for our young people. Amen. There is future, and He says, He says, um, but He said. He said, God gave us this land. We have lived in this land and the promise was to have the land and to live in it abundantly, but no one said it was going to be easy. That promise doesn't exist. And no one said it's going to be without a fight. This land has always been fought over. It's always been fought over. Amen. Amen. And he said, so it has been fought for, and that reality hasn't been changed. And I want to say, Paul fought for it, as did Irenaeus, Martin, Colombo, Luther, and Brother Branham. And we're right here to, today fighting for it. And he said, and we ever once in a while need a reminder that things that are valuable require pain and suffering to gain. Nobody, no miracle there can, can ever be performed without pain and suffering first. Come on. Amen. Amen. You're, you're going to get, you, you go through things. God couldn't, God, now listen, it's the devil doing it. God, God couldn't put sickness on you and then say, oh, well, I, that's so I could be a healer. So I could express my attributes. So I put that on you. No, God doesn't put that on you. Man by choice accepted this way of life. And so we live here in mortal bodies that Satan, when he can't get to the word, he can attack the, the vessel that the word comes in. So he attacks your body. He can't destroy the word, but he can destroy your body. Right? So so he says, he said, we need a reminder that the things that are valuable require pain and suffering to gain. You go back to Jesus on the cross. Nothing happens without sacrifice and pain. The same goes with this land. History says you're going to suffer. We are strong people that God has that has a God that is omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing and is in control. Our sovereign God always has been. He is sovereign and he's always has been. We have nothing to fear. Pain is fleeting and sacrifice for this land and to hold on to this land um, is required. And the reality is that no one grows and no one transforms as an individual, as a people without pain and fear. Right now we have a lot of pain and a whole lot of fear and it's time for God to work. That's the way I feel this morning. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty in this world. A lot of, right now, there's a lot of pain. A lot There's still suffering going on in every hand, but it's time for God to work. Amen. That's what I preached at Brother Ron's, in case you'd want to know. I preached on the hour has come because we are here in the, in the appointed hour where God, it's time for God to work. Now, Rising up at this time is a word-born bride. As Brother Branham told us, as the end time prophecies will repeat, I believe as the forerunner came from the wilderness and cried, Behold the Lamb of God, the second forerunner will probably do the same by pointing the people to a word-born bride. Amen. This is what that he said that we would be pointed to, that he would be forerunning. uh, a a bride that would be born of this word, that would actually be created by this word. When there was no bride, God sent a message, a word to create one. Amen? Now, and of course, if she's going to be a word-born bride, then as I preached before I left, she'll be adopted in place and, and positioned in the promised land of the Bible. As I have preached now for some some years, the people of the book has returned to the land of the book. We are the people of the book. Now, and of course, we, again, God's bringing forth adopted sons. Now, again, forget about the idea of adopting a baby. This is not the term, the way the term is used. It it means to take a man who is mature and put him in position as heir of all things. So it was the ancient law that Paul is using of the of the Romans' way of adoption, of placing someone, and you know, in this case, God is placing his own children, sons, mature sons, into position. Into places of authority, now and of course the the idea comes up. You know, well, somehow or another, we um, we we're we're going to get um um we're going to get someday get adopted, and and one day is going to happen. Let me just tell you, there was not one example in the New Testament of Peter, James, and John or Paul being filled with the Spirit and then adopted. Not one example. So you'd have to have Bible pattern for that, and there is none. No, when they were filled with the Spirit, they were placed in the body with power and authority. Amen? Amen. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So, yes. Brother Branham did use that and said, you who have been born again and spoke of of, of the Pentecostals, the Baptists, the Methodists, and all of them, you, he said, that birth is not your place. He was pointing to something greater coming, which was the coming of the token life, the personal life of Jesus Christ, which would bring a people into a place of authority where they would be the Word Bride, a Word Church. Now, if I can get time to get into it this morning, we're going to understand what a Word Church is. All right? Because there's a a misunderstanding about that. But Brother Bradham talks about this in the Message Masterpiece, and he he tells us, his whole sermon goes back to Christ being the masterpiece being built up from the four corners of the foundation of, of Abraham and, and grace and Isaac of love and Jacob of, of, um, well, of faith and and, and, gra- and faith and then god 's grace, and then upon there the, the love of God, and then coming right down to perfection to Joseph. And he says, you know, it was built on that perfection because it was aiming toward a capstone. So everything that would be built on God's masterpiece would be pointing to the head. And the head then would come, which would then be the unveiling of what God had been doing through the Jewish ages. Are you with me? Now, so again, for nearly 2,000 years, he said that God had been, or uh, now has God had been making a masterpiece. And, and again, he, just as he struck a part off of Adam, here he was, God's masterpiece, but he struck a part out of him to make Eve. And, and he said, a part of him to make a wife for him. And he said, now that per- perfect masterpiece, he struck him at Calvary. Here he brought him up and he struck him and a piece come off of him. And he said, it's just the New Testament. That's all he said. He fulfilled the Old Testament. Now, the New Testament is another piece to be fulfilled. See, the new and old is husband and wife. It taking the old to foreshadow the new. Christ come, the masterpiece to fulfill that. Now, his bride will fulfill everything that's in the New Testament. Another masterpiece is in the making. So we're, here we have it, his bride will fulfill everything. Just as Jesus fulfilled the Psalms and would feel, fulfill the wisdom of Solomon and, and uh, you know, the prophets and their prophecies and the law of Moses. Here Jesus was the embodiment of all of that. So the fullness of the Godhead would be in bride form. What He has been doing to the ages—the justification of Luther, the sanctification of Wesley, the, the gifts of the Spirit of, of Azusa Street—and now right into the end, where that we come back to the original, the original wheat that was planted. Now, of course, Satan. He has used his venom to tear us down and to try to discourage us. He's attacking us with sickness, with diseases and trouble. But I want to just say again, we will not leave this land. Although they threatened us to annihilate us from the river to the sea, but now, and since Satan cannot overcome the spirit of the Lord, it will try to destroy the vessel in whom the spirit of truth dwells. Listen to what Brother Branham said in the Ephesian church age. No matter how just and upright a Christian is before the public and how gracious he is to his fellow man, doing naught but good, Let him confess Christ as his Savior and acknowledge the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in tongues, prophecy, healing, and miracles, and he will be condemned. The Spirit of this world hates the Spirit of God, and because it can't overcome the Spirit of the Lord, it tries to destroy the vessel in whom the Spirit of truth dwells. So you're under attack. He can't get to the Word He can't stop the word. So he comes against, he comes against the men of God. He comes against the women of God. He comes against the whole church of God. He's against you. And he's bringing, you've got to recognize when, when, and get your shield of faith up. Come on. You've got to recognize when the fiery darts of the devil comes, when doubt and unbelief comes and depression and fear and worry and all these other things, you, you've got to realize you've got a real enemy. And you've got to hold your shield of faith up and ward off the fiery darts of the wicked. But it's time, church, that we realize it's more than just stay in defense. Israel had done that over and over again. You know, they had their iron dome. They had their shield up. We can knock down your missiles before they can reach our people. And they were comfortable about it. They built their fence. And we've got a, uh, you know, a fence between us and you. And, and, and we're, we put millions and millions of dollars in it. And, we, we, and they went to sleep under that, that umbrella of safety. And the enemy comes in. Because they were asleep. We cannot sleep in this hour. We got to be vigilant. Amen. Because our enemy, the devil, he's going about, he's not a roaring lion, but he goes like a roaring lion. He comes screaming and howling. Amen. The real lion is the tribe of Judah. He's an impersonator. He's a liar and a thief. Is that right? And he comes in as a thief to rob and to kill and destroy. Amen. So now I just want to say again and make you realize you were under attack. You're going to be under attack. And he's going to come every way he can. But it's time that we take the war to the enemy. And that's what I've been doing, you know. I, I'll tell you what I mean. I it, I'll tell you what it really accelerated when he attacked Sister Lana. Man, I determined I'm going to preach faith every service. I'm going to pound that enemy. I'm going to be like a an hammer, and I'm going to hammer till he's smitten to pieces. We're going to stand on the promise, and we're going to see victory. Amen. You see, it, 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 that that was. That was more more of a wake-up call to realize that we got a God in our midst and he's omnipotent. Let's unleash his power. Let's learn how to throw the bombs of prayer that are more powerful than an atomic bomb. Let's learn how to fight back to resist the enemy. Hallelujah. It's when you resist him, he flees from you. Now, through the prophet messenger and the indwelling spirit, we have been restored back to being the word. I want you to get this. We are the word. We are the message. Amen. We are the word made flesh. Therefore, the very works of Christ is being produced again in the body. Oh, then what a day for sons of God to rise on the scene amen, has been prophesied, therefore predestined for this age and this time. And here we are to fulfill the New Testament. Amen. 2,000 years he's been building the masterpiece, but he's about to take that piece that was smitten from him at Calvary and bring it back to his side and there'll be a rapture and a going home. Amen. So that's why I said, behold, look, the lamb's the bride, the lamb's wife, I want to say it again. Behold, the word bride. She's the word. We're we are the bride because the word and the spirit has come in its fullness. Therefore, because of its fullness, we are of mature age. This that's, this is the bride age. This is. The word age, the token age, the eagle age, the weed age. We could go on and on. The, you know, it's the fourth light. Therefore, it brings forth the grain. Now, that might be that you might say, huh? A fourth light? Well, the light, you know, shown through darkness and the haze of Catholicism to show Luther enough light for justification. Amen. The light grew in intensity through Wesley and uh, until it came to sanctification. And then it would grow in brilliance through the Azusa movement. Let me stop for a minute and, and, and help you in your thinking. If you would plant the wheat seed in the, in the strength of the light of the summer and that little green blade come out, what would happen to it? It would die. It would wither and die. Sun's too strong for it. Right? But there is a time where the wheat will need that light, but not in the blade. So actually in our part of the country is planted and, you know, usually it's winter wheat and it'll, it'll, it'll grow and and the light, the length of days and the, the, the heat of the sun. And, the, you know, it's a lot of cloudy days and rain and here comes that little blade up. And then as the sun gets strengthened and, they, and the days get longer, what happens to the wheat? It grows and it moves from the stage of the blade into the tassel, and the pollen. Amen? And then, they, then again again comes up and then there, it heads up into where there's a shuck. That was Azusa Street. But then finally, as we call it the fourth light or the light for the four stages of wheat, and man, it, it comes in its full strength. This is, this is why in Revelation 10, his face is as it were the sun. His coming in this day is with an unveiled face and his face is as it were the sun. It's in the fullness of the Word, in the full power and the full strength to do what now? That light, full light would have killed the blade. It wouldn't have been good for the tussle. It wouldn't have worked for the shuck. but for you, it brings the church back to being the original grain ripened exactly like it was when it was planted on the day of Pentecost. So now the light has shown to the haze, but at the evening time, so there will be a day. It'll be a time. There won't, it won't be like day or night, you know, you know, cloudy days and and you don't to see clearly. And you know, some will look and, and still see him. God is three people and I, and a, and a, and a false baptism and all kinds of false ideas. Why the light wasn't there. Come on. Amen. But in the evening time, this is what the Bible said. It shall be light. (laughs) Hence the name Evening Light Tabernacle. Because we are to be the tabernacle of the evening light. The church of the evening light. Come on. Amen. We're not the church of Luther, or we be called Lutherans. We're not the church of Wesleyans or we be called Methodists after his methods. We're not the church of Azusa Street. We are the evening light. Now, of course, I don't mean every church everywhere has to be named evening light, but that's why I named it evening light. You know, the evening light is because it's the harvest time, what is needed to bring the wheat to maturity. We are the bride because it's the fourth stage of restoration. Restoration. Now, there's not four stages to the birth. Don't get that confused. There are four stages of restoration. God would restore the church in four stages, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost into gifts, and then finally his fullness, So, which is token life. So we, we, we are the bride because it is the fourth stage of restoration, the wheat grain age. Exactly the church that was planted in the beginning manifested in the same form it was back there. Now, as Brother Branham said in the, in the church ages, he said, when Jesus was born upon the earth, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. John 14.10, here it is most evidently set forth that the perfect manifestation of God in the Son was by the indwelling Spirit manifesting in word and works. That's exactly what we've been teaching all along. When the bride will get back to being a word bride, she will produce the very works that Jesus produced. Now you can see the expectation as Jesus showed the, the indwelling spirit manifesting in word, word and works. Help me preach now. Word and works. When the bride gets back to being a word bride, she will produce the very works that Jesus produced. Now, it's the hour where the Holy Ghost comes in fullness as it was at Pentecost. The token of today is the Holy Ghost. It is not just an Azusa anointing or mere baptism upon the flesh nor a baptism upon the spirit, on the human spirit, but it is the literal life of Christ returning back to live and dwell in the believer. And that's exactly what they received in Acts 2. Yeah, they had emotion. Yes, they had shouting. Yes, they had speaking in tongues. But what came was not tongues or emotion or jumping or running or shouting. What came was Him that caused them to speak a heavenly language. Amen. And jump and shout and rejoice because of what they received. I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand. They get upset because somebody jumps and shouts. Well, I mean, we received something. That's why. Amen. Amen. Well, I mean, some people jump and shout when they just get sanctified. Well, praise God. If I had cigarettes taken away from me, I'd jump and shout about that too, wouldn't you? in the message token brother Branham tells us that god is requiring a token that you yourself has received the token the holy ghost it's the only way and the only sign that god will ever pass because it is a literal life of jesus christ returned back to the believer so there it is the literal life of jesus christ returned back to the believer That's what the token is. Amen? It's not a justification. It's not just a sanctification, although it does sanctify and justify and and causes you to bubble over into heavenly language. Amen? It can do all of that. But whatever, it's the literal life of Jesus Christ. Return back to the believer. This, This is the token age. Brother Branham would talk about this, and he called it, um, in in um, how can I overcome? This is the age of the personal life of Christ. You see, where the chemical of his body, what was in him, now is made manifest. In other words, the justified life, sanctified life, all of what they've had in the past. It's God building his great masterpiece. Are you with me? So he, he tells us again that, that we've had the water age, the blood age, but now is the token age. Of the Holy Ghost. Now, again, I, I want to emphasize: this is not like the Jesus baptism at all, who still needed the adoption and be placed as sons. The token is the adoption, and it places and positions us as son. And anyone who has received the token has received the adoption robe of the Spirit the ring of identification and authority on their finger and placed into the kingdom to do the father's business. Amen. Now, he calls it again in a message. He said, we have received the supernatural supreme token. And so supreme is the highest ranking uh, You know, and a token is a sign. So the highest ranking sign we have been given a supernatural, supreme, highest ranking sign—the literal life of Jesus Christ. Praise God! Now all that was that foreshadowed has been given to this generation. This is what you got to understand. All that was foreshadowed has been given to it. Other ages received other signs. The Old Testament, their sign of acceptance was the blood of an innocent lamb. Won't work today. Not that woolly lamb, right? And by the death of that lamb and by applying its blood, they were accepted. But it won't work today. Other ages foreshadowed our age to be justified by faith and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that was a sign of acceptance in Luther's day. And then Wesley received a greater sign. That was of sanctification. And, and, and he, he ascended in the Spirit. There was more poured out. And they were shouted and were slain in the Spirit. But more importantly, they were cleansed and had works of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Then more of the Spirit was poured out in Azusa Street. Now, Joel says, in the last days. Did you ever notice that? Not last day. Last days. Brother Branham says 2,000 years. He would pour out his Spirit. So this has been God pouring out his Spirit through down to the ages now to this time whereas I said, he... He empties or pours out his fullness into a bride, people to make them a word bride. Now, so again, more of the Spirit was poured out into the Street. And they were not only justified by faith, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, they had works of righteousness, as also being sanctified, and, and, and they were as God raised them higher than Luther and Methodist, their language got quickened to a heavenly language as gifts of the Spirit were poured out. And that baptism was a sign to them that they were accepted. Amen. But we have risen higher. You see, this is, we are ascending. Come on. As Satan's falling, we are ascending. Amen. You say, well, I believed on the Lord, Brother Tim, and I'm justified by faith. Well, congratulations. Praise God for that. You're on par with the Lutherans and with the Baptists. You've got that far. Well, i am sitting in a message church. That's as far as you got. You're still a Baptist, you're still a Lutheran. Sorry. Don't want to bust your bubble. But you're not bride till you get the token. Amen. You, you, you're potentially maybe, but you're not there yet. And you certainly aren't adopted and placed. Are you with me? You now, so you say, well, I, but, but really, Brother Tim, I believe the message. Yeah. That was a good sign for Luther, but you've got to rise higher than that today. Because when Brother Branham said, you say, I believe the message, Brother Branham. He said, yes, but you must have the token. You said, well, I I quit drinking. Man, God took that from me like that, and he cleansed me from alcohol and tobacco and drugs. Or you can say, I'm a lady who used to cut my hair, wear shorts, and paint my face. Well, praise God. You're just a good old-fashioned Methodist. Now, don't, don't throw rotten eggs at me. I'm not in the mood for running. I'll face right up to it. And you say, well, I've spoken tongues, and I have gifts of the Spirit, and I shout and dance in the aisle. Well, that's a good sign. And you've just come as far as the of Pentecostals. But you must come further than that. You must have his life within the soul And that's the Word in its fullness. And I'm not talking about a doctrine. I'm talking about the life. So now we have the Holy Ghost as our token. It's our identification that we've accepted the death of the Lamb. Now, not only was Jesus just a human life to come back on it, but it was God himself manifest in the flesh. That brought back upon us the adoption of sons. Now, that now we are the sons and daughters of God. That is the token. It's our identification that we have believed God and God has accepted. So the token is the adoption. That is why this adoption message are the caps- are, is the capstone for the believer. And this, is, this makes the believer messiahs filled with the bill of fire. Putting them and placing them into service. This did not happen under the Azusa Street Revival. Yeah, they manifested gifts under the anointing of the Spirit, but this is the token age where the life and the power of Christ must be on display. Now, Brother Branham talks about some of this in Go Wake Jesus. He said they should have known them disciples. He was the Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed one. He, He had... God, he had all of God in him. God was in him. He said, I, Jesus, the son, I said, I can do nothing in myself but what I see the Father doeth. The Father dwelleth in me. He was the Messiah. By that, with that anointing, made him fully Messiah. And we, with the same spirit that was upon him, not in portion, but in the same quality, with a portion upon us, would make us like Messiahs would be little sons of God, adopted sons of God, and his Holy Spirit has sealed us into his body, and we are his children. There should be nothing bother us, nothing worry us. We're his. Amen. Once you're sealed in, the the devil cannot pull you away. Come on. Amen. He said, well, if, that's, if it ain't, he said, we're false accusers. We've been testifying of things that ain't so. And I believe it. I believe that. Now we're the sons of God. Now we will be but right now. And now we're seated together in heavenly places in Jesus. That's our position. We have been positioned in a heavenly place. Somebody with me now? As we, we think of this, he said, now, I, I'm going to give that position It's going to be given to someone. There's somebody predestined to sit on my right hand and on my left. They're going to sit with me in the throne. They're going to have that same token life and be in heavenly places, positioned in Christ with every devil underneath their feet. Now, there'll be people... There has to be a people who are the Word Bride. Who are one with the Word. Who do you say this is? Brother Bradham said, I wonder this great thing, this ecumenical council we got in the world today, World Council of Churches forming together to make us all one. I wonder if they realize that that's exactly what the Scripture said they would do. But they think it's the most wonderful thing in the world that all of us can join hands and be one, that Jesus prayed that we might be One. He said, That's true, but not that kind of one. You see, that's Babylon. That's a forced religion. Let's all just all come together and come under one headship. This is what Satan is doing this day with the ecumenical move. But he said, be one as I and the Father are one. Yeah, be that kind of one. Then how will that be? The Word in us would be the anointed Word. That's the oneness of God. See, the oneness of God is the Word anointed in you and then you become a son, a Messiah of the age. So you have been brought into oneness with God, not the ecumenical kind that brings everybody together under one headship, but coming under the headship of Christ, one with him, how? By the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are birthed into the body, and the body is him. My hands, my feet, my eyes, it's all me. The body is him. Hallelujah. And when you're baptized in that body, when you're part of that church, you are him. Amen. Amen. Come on. Now, he uses Moses. He said, A Moses was the anointed word that was promised for that day. Amen. That's what Moses was. Abraham had prophesied that he would come said for you know for 400 years you'll sojourn in a strange land after that I'll bring you out with a mighty hand Moses would be that mighty hand he was prophesied many years 400 years before and here he was you know there he was now come became the anointed word for the age that prophecy anointed Don't let this go over your head. You are the word, the New Testament anointed. Amen. The great of glory was all around him. Every move he made represented God. And he said, that's where the church ought to be standing now. Again, as he continues on, he said, them, them prophets, you know, there." He said that, you know they would obey what God's word said and led by the Spirit. And he said, Give me a church that's so anointed with God till their ever moving action is dust saith the Lord, and walk in action kind of glory. And I'll show you a Messiah, an anointed one of God standing on the earth. And I want to declare today: there is an anointed Messiah. It's the bride of Jesus Christ and she's standing on the earth. Amen. Now there stood Moses by his burning bush in the Shekinah glory and he and he 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 didn't he was just obeying what God said to do. Stick your hand in your bosom, bring it out. Amen. Stick it back in and it be healed. What is a divine healing? Is that right? amen and, and so you know here again he was shown he would bind the serpent who 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 was in the the people of the vision where the serpent is to be bound in this last day you're in that vision amen there is a people on earth today who will bind the devil who will bind death itself who will call for the resurrection and the dead in Christ arise This is where we're at. This is the hour for it. The hour has come. Now, you see, again, you know, he said God took them right straight to the promised land. It didn't matter whether it was unbelievers, Egyptians, make-believers, everything else, but God took them straight to that promised land. He He was, they were anointed he was the Messiah. Then he said, how can a man say he's a Christian? filled with the Holy Ghost, and deny the Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Ghost in you will punctuate every word. Amen, amen, amen. When the Word says anything, you say, that's the truth. Amen. 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 It doesn't matter if it's holiness. You'll say, that's the truth. It doesn't matter what, how, if it's baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, you'll say, that's the truth. If it says, repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost, you can say, that's the truth. That's for me. Amen. Don't get the idea. It's just you know, hollering amen from your seat. Any polyparrot can do that. You can teach a parrot to say amen, you can teach people just to say amen. That can become a form of godliness. Exactly right. Amen. But you are the anointed word and your life agrees with the word. Whatever he says. Amen. So be it. Let it be in my life, Lord. Now, the pillar of fire, he said in the message paradox, is identified scientifically and by the same reaction by its character and everything else. Just the same as it was As it was when it was dwelling in the body of God's only begotten son, so does it dwell in the body of his adopted sons for the last day. You are a people of the pillar of fire, the embodiment of the pillar of fire. Now, God let us do something very special on this day. He let us have an an identified masterpiece. He let us have a a time-tested memorial. He let us have signs in this day that other ages weren't able to have. Seventy-four years ago this month in Houston, Texas, the photo of the pillar of fire was taken. Seventy-four years ago. It was taken as a debate was held between Campbellites represented by Mr. Best and those who were believing in Hebrews 13, 8 rest, uh, represented by F.F. F. Bosworth. And God vindicated himself, bearing witness that the message is true, that truly God has sent Elijah as is promised, that the pillar of fire has returned, can I say it? Amen. To this generation. Amen. And I want to say, because Brother Branham left his dad and left, it is still here, but it's embodied in a people. Each one of you having a part of that lick of fire. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Somebody help me preach. It happened that way. So he says it's harvest time. Then, then there must come upon the scene in those ages those who will bring the wheat and the tares to maturity. The tares are already maturing very fast under corrupt teachers who turn the people from the word. So that will, that will bring tares to maturity. But the word wheat must also mature. And to her, God is sending the prophet messenger with the vindicated ministry that he might be accepted by the elect. They will hear him as the first church heard Paul. And she, are you ready for this? she will mature in the Word unto becoming a Word Bride, the mighty works will be found in her that are always attended upon the pure Word and faith. So let's get it clear. What, What was the whole purpose of it is? That God would send a message to bring a bride to maturity. The light. Amen. And they will hear him as the first church heard Paul and she will mature in the Word unto becoming a word bride and the mighty works will be found in her that are always attended upon the pure word and faith. So you can't have the pure word without mighty works. You can't be a word church without mighty works. Come on. Now, when an individual in Christ becomes one, that person is an adopted son. As Brother Braden said, in, the, in a Jehovah Jireh, the very life that was in Christ is in you. That shows he's your redeemer. He's adopted you into God. And now we are sons and daughters of God with the spirit of God. Amen. The works that I do, you'll do also. And greater this for you do, for I go to my father. He talks about how in the message, look. If you hadn't listened to it, it's a great message, one in Phoenix. On in in April 28th, I, I, re- I was reading it one time on an on a, on a airplane and, and um, you know, just came out of meetings. I, I just sat there and wept through the whole thing because Brother Brandon was talking about how that, you know, you could take a camera, and he used an example of having a camera, and, and he had it there, but it was out of focus. Instead of seeing one deer out there, what his, he was seeing three deer. And he said, you know, Billy, something's wrong with this thing. And he said, Dad, it's out of focus. So he, he focused it, and all the three became one. Amen. Now the same thing. And he begins his whole message of, look, look, what are you looking at? If you say, look, what is there to look at? I've got to bring it in focus. And that's what this message is to do, is to bring all of this truth into focus. Remember I mean, what Luther had, Wesley had, Azusa had, whatever had. Bring it all together into one glorious message, tying the loose ends together. Yes. Where you can see clearly a bride, a word bride. Yes. So people, he said, with it out of focus, try to say these words for, for, for another age. He said, it is if you're still out from under the blood. Hello. But if you're under the blood, the power by, the word, by his word remains the same. It's got to be the same. If he, if he could do that by the blood of sheep and animals, then what about the blood of Christ? You know, I, can't, I just can't skim over this. Sorry. i got to bring it out. People try to say the words, those words was back for another age. They don't have to put it back too far. They did just say it was just for the divine healing movement. They can just say it was just in Brother Branham's time. But we're we're in a different season, you see. The reason they think that they got the word out of focus. Amen. And, it's, and they're bringing seeds of discrepancy because you see a seed of discrepancy will be any preacher who will stand and say that Jesus Christ is not the same in every detail except for his corporal body. I want you to understand that's what we believe here. We believe he is the same in every detail yes. except his corporal body because right here is the corporal body he's in. Amen. The bride. So now if you're out from under the blood, it is. Those words was for another age. But he said, if you're under the blood, the power by, of God for his word remains the same. It's got to be the same. And he said, if he could just do that by the blood of sheep and animals, what to, about the blood of Jesus Christ? I could do it. We must, we must cope our lives and focus it in the word of God, just like we would picture a camera or try to get the right focus before we snap it. And then when we got the real true picture, And that's what we want to do is focus our lives into Jesus Christ, that Christ and you become the same person. You are a son adopted to God by the blood of the righteous Jesus Christ. So when you get it in the focus, you will see you are a son adopted by God, positioned as a word bride, in this last day to defeat the enemy, you ain't got to wait for a special rope, you got it. You ain't got to wait for authority, you have it. You don't have to wait for a squeeze. Sin's already been squeezed out of your life, and you're one with Christ. Come on, somebody help me preach. Amen. You are one in Christ Jesus, and when you get it focused, you will see yourself as a son of God. Let me tell you every time you pray, that's what you need to do. Bring it in focus. Bring it in focus. I am a son, I have been blood washed. I know who I am. This is my position. Amen, I have the token. I can present the token with my prayer. Amen, and when the Holy Ghost goes with my prayer, demons have to leave. It turns from mortal unto the words of the immortal. speaking to human lives. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Glory to God, you're gonna make a preacher out of me yet. Praise God. Get it in focus. Quit waiting for a pie in the sky in the sweep by and by. We can have it now. Now we're the sons of God. No need to hide behind the corner and wait until one day, well, Satan, I'll come out. David was anointed. When Goliath came out, he didn't wait. He didn't wait, brother. Brother Brandon said he didn't pray up. He was already prayed up. He come out and said, "I've been commissioned. I've been anointed to sit on the throne. There's a giant between me and the throne, and he's coming down. Well, there's a giant between us and the rapture. And guess what's happening to the devil? He's coming down. We're going up. Hallelujah." Hallelujah. This is what he's doing in this hour. Bringing adopted, mature sons, a word bride, a word bride, a word church. A people who are the word. They are the original seed. What was planted on the day of the Pentecost, they're now back again. The original seed. They were the word church. They were the word church now. And the message token, yes. Brother Brandon said, we have a token in this day. We've been given a token, which is an anatype of that type of a nat- that natural ty- token. We have been given the supernatural supreme token. And that's been foreshadowed, has been, all that's been foreshadowed, has been given to this generation, has been given the token. Now we have the Holy Ghost is our token. And it is our identification that we have accepted the death of the lamb. Not only was Jesus a human life to come back, just a human life to come back on us, but it was God himself. Stop for a minute. Remember the problem with the, with the woolly lamb? His innocency and his life could not come back upon them. So he remained a sinner. Right? So he come with his lamb and he had sinned. Lamb was without blemish. Lamb was accepted. He went away with the same old vices. Same old evil desires, same old ways. Come on. With the same way he came in, except forgiven. Amen. And, and now, you see the life of Abraham, the life of a just man, could not come back upon us, because that man had no his blood had no power to atone. So Jesus couldn't do this just as a human, but he was God manifested in the flesh. Are you with me? He said it was God manifest in flesh that brought back upon us the adoption of sons that now we are the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so we're predestined. Guess what we're predestined to do? We're predestined not to fall. Your destiny has been set. Amen. Amen. Your destiny has been set. You're predestinated not to fall. You see, Brother Branham said that knowing Eve would fall from disbelieving the word, knowing she would fall, he said, but he chose a bride that would not fall. That would hold to the word regardless of what all the rest of the world had to say about it. They would hold to that word. They are predestined to, needed to stand there. The adoption of children by Jesus Christ, predestined to the church to that great, glorious stand. Amen. Hallelujah. A bride who will not fall. Now, you know, Brother Branham said in the Azusa movement, they could not wait. He said, you know, like Eve, she couldn't wait for the promise to be fulfilled, so she gave her womb to, to the serpent. Right? Amen. And he talks about, you know, some of the others who could not wait. And he says, and he said about the Azusa movement, that they couldn't wait for the token, so they saw the phony makeup with jumping and screaming and speaking in tongues getting people down to the altar and jiggling their tongue up and down till they got a confusion of language. Right. That's, right. And that, and that's why Brother Brandon said, when the, the perfect word has come, and that, that is over with. Yes. That, jumping up and down and trying to speak with tongues is over with. Yes. Now, speaking in tongues isn't over with, but jumping up and down to try to speak with tongues is over with. Hallelujah, we don't jump to get it, we jump because we got it. Right. Hallelujah, but they tried, you see, to work up a phony makeup with screaming, jumping, and speaking in tongues instead of waiting for the real word of God to be made manifest through the bride. You see, but I wanted to say it's the hour, and we don't have to have phony makeup. You know, and and of course, we don't want some kind of phony makeup with a lot of outward emotion with no results of change. Amen. We we don't want people continue with mean, ill-tempered doubters. But this is where it lives. Amen. The Holy Ghost will make husbands love and be true to their wife and the wife love and be true to their husband. Amen. This is a gospel that works because it lives. I'm just going to say something here. If it don't live, if it don't work at home, it ain't real. You're living a lie. There's been too many message young people raised up in homes where the gospel didn't work there. It didn't live there. Amen. But I'm here to tell you it will live. And it will produce. Amen. And under that token, lives will be saved and delivered. And I'll tell you what, sometimes God will save them in spite. In spite of the life and the kind of nonsense that they were raised up under, God will still bring them out because He's gonna get every predestinated seed of God. He'll go beyond our mistakes and he'll go beyond the, the mess we made ourselves and he'll turn it around for his glory Amen. to show he's God. Yes, but I say, let the message be lived, let it produce good husbands and good wives and good children lives that are lived Holy Ghost Gospel power don't take for your example them that fail look at those who stood stood the test of time like when I when I was had my last conversation with my wife before the bleed fully took her over where she couldn't hold a conversation and I said, you know, we've been married now 45 years and Karen and I have no regrets. What do you feel about it? What's your take? Brother Tim, you may not believe this. You may not believe this conversation took place, but she looked back at me and said, Tim, I've had a good, wonderful life, a great marriage, and I have no regrets. And I can look over and I can see the fruits of it, not just in my own family, but right here in the church. Amen. You see, again, you know, this is a gospel that works because it lives. Well, you say, but Brother Tim, I made mistakes. Well, repent of it and pick up from there and go on. You can't live there all your life. This is ascending. But I'll tell you what, he said, them kind that takes the word as a true, God's true bride bringing forth children, they can't die. Amen. A, a the bride, the child, the bride brings forth on the word can't die because it's the word. Amen. Did you get it? She can't die. That child can't die because he's a word child. He's a seed child. He's an eternal child. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that. I believe, I believe we're bringing forth children that can't die. I'm talking about sin can't take them away. Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He said, look, God in his body, Christ, and Christ in his body, the bride. Oh my, God made manifest in Christ. God made manifest in the bride. As God took from the body of Adam, the woman, and she fell, then God has took from the body of Christ, his flesh, his body, which is the word, and is bringing a bride that won't fall by denomination or creed. No, sir, she's coming back with the pure, unadulterated word of God Be." manifested. Yeah. Hallelujah. She is a second Eve. She's not breaking her sc- and spoiling her skirts of purity and holiness. She'll stay with his word regardless of what anyone says. Again, Christ the mystery, the bride, the church is the blood of Christ by the spirit. Did you know the church is the blood? By the spirit. Do you know we, we don't have A bottle of blood. We don't have a bottle of blood. Where is the blood? We're saved by the blood. We're healed by the blood. We must have the blood. How do you get the blood? Well, you see, on the day uh, there at Calvary, the blood cell broke open releasing the life of God, the Spirit. And the Spirit came back on the day of Pentecost. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you're born of the blood. You are the blood of Christ by the Spirit. We not only have the blood, we are the blood. We're born of the blood of God. How else could you be sons and daughters of God? Amen, come on, God does not have elements of blood in his body except in Jesus Christ as a man, but that's not how it is today. The elements of God is the spirit, and when you're born of the spirit, you're born of his blood. You have his DNA, you have his likeness. You can't help but grow up to be just like him. Amen, you have his DNA. Now, I got half of my DNA from the Pruitts and half from the middle. And both of them contributed, mother and dad. But when I was born of God, he was both male and female. And I have all of God in me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's understand where God has brought us in this age and who we are now. We are the sons of God. Yeah. I speak in other tongues if it would help you to understand. I feel it rolling up right here. It's right on the tip of my tongue. There's, I want to say something. This is no small portion of the Spirit. It's no mere anointing. This is Christ again that is here in bride form. This is the bride coming of Christ. How I many is with me now? He came as a groom 2,000 years ago. He was the fullness in one body. Now he comes in this day, manifests himself in one body called the bride, who is the fullness of the Godhead in a body. If you don't know that, go listen to Christ Christ's mystery. He tells you exactly. He's come. He's here. This is part of the seventh seal, the breaking of the silence. God broke the silence. I'm having a bride, a wheat church, a mature grain, adopted sons. In this last day, under the fourth light, in the restoration. Now, so again, we remember, as he said, my mission, I believe, to the earth is to forerun the coming word. See, the coming word, which is Christ. You say, well, Brother Tim, we got the message. We got 1,100 tapes. We got this, and I believe it, and I, 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 well, that is part of his coming. He descends from heaven with a shout, with a message. If you read Revelation 10, what does he do? He cries, shouts with a loud voice. So what happens? When he does, seven thunders utter their voices. The whole word is made manifest. Seals that was on the book gets taken off. The mysteries become revealed. The book becomes open. The truth is made known. What for? To make a word bride. Not to stay in books and tapes. Not to have your collection of pictures. Not to wear an eagle belt buckle or a pillar of fire a picture on your wall. That's not what it's about. What it's about. Come on, somebody. What it is about is now that word, that message is taken on flesh and Christ is here where in bright form. All that was in Christ, our God, he poured into Christ. And all that was in Christ, he pours. He poured a little in Luther, a little in Weston, a little more in Pentecost. Now he comes right here and pours it all out, the fullness So she's a people who is sealed to the day of redemption. Days of in and out and up and down is over. Does that mean your emotions don't go up and down? You're human, aren't you? So you're nature. You have seasons. So you go through, you go through good times, bad times. Your, your emotions goes up and down, but your soul remains steady. I am a Christian no matter what my feelings say no matter what the circumstances, I am a blood-bought son of God. I know in whom I have believed, and I don't care what's happening around me. Amen. And if I get to really dwelling on that, I'll raise up and speak to the storm. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about a people who can speak to their mountains, and their mountains have to hear their voice. And when they speak, the mountain moves. Hallelujah, that they can walk on troubled water. And if they fall, they'll get up again and walk on it again. Amen, because they are a people who cannot be defeated. Amen, I'm talking about a word bride. A bride who is the word the same as he was the word. Amen. God is the only form of eternal life there he is. Then we were in Him from the beginning. And when Jesus became all that word, then we were a part of Him then. There you are. When that sin the there, there's no devil, no powers, no nothing can ever move it. That's the tie post of the soul. You can be anointed out here in the spirit and desire and do all these other things. But when it comes to the tie post to that word, you'll never move from there. It'll hold right steady and true to that word as it can be. Outside of that, regardless of what you do, you're still lost. You know, we get things so out of focus. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to correct some of the things that uh, my minister brothers mess up. God helped me to stay straight not mess up things myself. But you know, so I say this humbly, not as one who is an authority over everybody. But we, I hear him say, we don't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost because you can have that every day of your life and still die and go to hell. Now, it's so sad what the devil tries to do with the message and convolutes it and makes it hard for you to Follow and understand. Sure, if the Holy Ghost is just on the human spirit and doesn't quicken your soul, I I get you. Some kids sit upon them enough where they make a confession that they believe the message. And if that's all you have, you're going to miss the rapture. Some kids sit upon the human spirit and its emotions and they will shout and dance and manifest a gift like tongues or whatever. And if that's all you have of the spirit, you'll miss the rapture. It must quicken, bring to life the seed within the soul, and the very life come in to manifest himself. And yes, you'll believe all of God's word and manifest it. And yes, he will stir your emotions and manifest gifts of the Spirit. And when it comes like that, and you can never, somebody say never, never be lost again. Sealed to the day of redemption. Amen. The true baptism of the Holy Ghost is a token, and you can't go to heaven without it. Not in the rapture. No, sir. And when you're sealed in there, he said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. You're sealed in there. You're beneath the blood. You don't go out no more. And then what are you? God's son and God's family sealed by the Holy Spirit. The devil couldn't get to you if he had to. For you are dead. Your old husband part is dead. And you're buried. And your life is hidden. God to Christ sealed by the Holy Ghost. How he's going to get to you? How are you going to get out? You're there. Hallelujah. That's what he taught in the breach. He said, seal is the security. Seal means you're secure. You don't believe in eternal security? I don't know. But a seal signifies security to its destination. Woe to that guy that would try to break that seal. And the Holy Spirit's seal cannot be broken. You all heard me say, the people said, the devil made me do this. No, no, no. The devil didn't do it. You just wasn't sealed in. Because when you're sealed in, he's sealed out. Mm-hmm. Now, you went out to him because you wasn't sealed in. Amen. Because if you were sealed in, the only way he could come into you is come to the same process you'd have. He'd have to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then he'd be your brother. And the devil can't be saved. So he can't get into where your seal is. He can't get past the seal. Amen. So what the church had at Pentecost is her inalienable rights. Amen. She has the full token, just like they had at Pentecost. She has the full abstract. The deed is cleared. The seals have been opened, wiping off every deed of Satan, every claim of Satan against us. Giving us the whole land. And we have our full rights. We have the continuation of the Son of Man, Christ, operating now in a bride body. As Brother Brandon said, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of the Son of Man in human flesh through the bods, the bride's body. So that's where he's been revealed. Now, while Azusa Street Revival restored gifts and power to the church, it was not the complete word. So there was no way to restore the full token. They didn't have it. Hello. Amen. Amen. You see, the level of the Holy Ghost possible to any church age depended directly upon the level of the word it had revealed to it. Brother Branham would call it a dip of the Spirit. But this is no little dip. Hello. This is no anointing, no mere anointing I meant to say. This is he himself coming. This is the rising of sons, full sons, mature sons with power and authority over the flesh, over sin, and over the devil. Amen. They cast him out. He can't cast him out of the body. Come on. He obeys them. They don't obey him. He flees from them. We stand our ground on the Word. So these sons cannot fall. They, uh, let me repeat, they cannot fall. Uh, 2 Peter 1 and 10, Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, having added your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, coming through the levels of sanctification, and then sealed with the Holy Ghost. If you do these things, you shall never fall. That's the Word of God. Now, so being baptized by this token into the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, we are now subject to the gifts of the Spirit that are in there. The world don't believe in gifts. The church don't believe in gifts. But God's Word said there is gifts. And it it takes only that token, that's the Holy Ghost, to identify those gifts. And in him is all the fullness. In him is all the fullness of God and all the fullness of the promise. And when we're baptizing him, we have every promise that God made, laid at our fingertips. No sin is there. No death is there. Even sickness can't stay in his presence. If Satan then puts his hand to you and tries to tempt you into something, you hold your token in your hands and show it that you are a redeemed product of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let your unadulterated faith wave that token there and say, I am a product that Jesus Christ bought. Sickness flees. Hallelujah. Now, where are we at? Let's try to bring this down here. I want to just, I, I just want to get, get some of the thoughts here for a moment. I want you to understand the ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. If we're the fulfillment of the New Testament, then the ministry of Christ and the ministry of the bride is the same. As he said, it has to be because a woman and her husband can become one, and so does the bride and Christ become one. Remember the former treaties, O Theophilus, that I wrote to you that Jesus began to do and continues to do. His death didn't stop him. No, sir. He returned again, not a third person, but the same person returned again in the form of the Holy Ghost to continue the work on and continues on, says the book of Acts. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the token. So you know where we're at in this hour? This is the hour that the token has to be on display. You see, they had, they had making preparations for it in the other ages, like the first part with Israel was go get a lamb. Examine that lamb. See that it's without blemish. Right? And you won't keep it up for so many days and until um you 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 discover there's no blemish in this lamb. And you know, see, that's been the 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 Baptist and the Lutheran message is the cross and you know the lamb's without blemish, and he's a worthy Savior, and he's a great God, and he came flesh, and you know, of course they think he's one of three people that did, but anyway, you know, they're a little mixed up here and there. But nevertheless, you know, that, you know that they kept up the lamb. It was lamb time in Luther. It was lamb time in Wesley. It was even lamb time in, in Azusa Street. It was the time of the keeping up of the lamb. But there comes a time where that the lamb's blood must be applied. That it will no longer work just having the lamb And and talking about his innocence and how good he was. He was a man. He walked the shores of Galilee and he did all of this. It, It comes beyond that. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's the time where the life that was in the Lamb must come back upon the believer, producing the literal life of Jesus Christ, making adopted sons placed in the body as his sons recognize imposition. Now, of course, this same thing happened there when even as far as even Acts 19, you see, they had believed on the Lord. David, they had believed on the Lord. They had, uh, they had confessed his name. And he said, well, how was you baptized? Well, unto John's baptism. Well, that was a good baptism, but there's something more now. Okay. Oh, well, how do we be baptized? Well, it's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, well, okay, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? See, we, we went right back to Baptist message in the, uh, in the message ranks. We believe, when you believe Brother Branham's a prophet, you got the Holy Ghost. You believe everything he said? Yeah, I believe it. I believe he's a prophet, so I believe it all. But you're no more than a Baptist. Sorry. That's as far as you've come. You just, traded, you just traded the name of Jesus for William Branham. Shame on you. I said shame on you. Amen. Listen, we want to bring it right down to the nitty-gritty right now. You, You just realize that's as far as many of them have come, just to that very place. But you see, when, here again, what happened, I'm quoting Brother Branham, called Paul, commanded them to be baptized over again in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he did this, the token came upon them and they were identified by the works and signs of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues through them and prophesying and magnifying God. They were identified with their sacrifice. It didn't come without supernatural. Now, I'm going to take the next 15 minutes and more if I need to. (laughs) What is meant by the word? Just what? Well, before it became word, Logos, spoken, it was spirit. So the word first is spirit. In the beginning was the Word. Was it a book? Did a Bible come out from God? Did 1,100 tapes come out? A stack of message books? A bunch of quotes? Is that what it was? In the beginning was the Word. Was it a teaching? It was a teaching came out from God. In the beginning... A doctrine. A creed that, creed means I believe. By the way, it's not a bad name, Brother Creed. It just means I believe. And so when it becomes a creed, it becomes a form of this is what we believe, and there's no life to it. Now, so what was it was it a book a teaching a doctrine no what came out of god a person it was the holy spirit now that's why you can't really have the word until you get the spirit You see, we got it backward. We think we get the word and then we get the spirit. You got to have the spirit when the spirit of truth comes into you. Are you with me? Truth is a spirit. And it ain't receiving the creed. It isn't receiving the doctrine. It isn't receiving the teaching. It's receiving the spirit. And when you receive the spirit, it makes you obey the word. Because long before the word was ever written, it was spirit. And long before it was taught by the teachers, it was spirit. And when it is properly taught, it's not a lecture, it's not an intellectual talk, but it's spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said the words I speak are spirit. And when a preacher really preaches the words, they are spirit. And when they go forth, they knock out doubt, unbelief, confusion, distortion, everything else. Come on, it knocks it all out. Why? The spirit is going back through the word. And as it does, it's casting out devils. Casting out unbelief. Causing the faith to come in. Causing the people to rise to accept the promise. Causing an amen, oh so be it, hallelujah to rise up in the people and works to begin to follow. And when it's properly taught, it's not an intellectual talk, it's the Spirit. That's why we are ministers, not of the letter or the law, but we're able ministers of the Spirit. And the Spirit takes the letter and manifests it. This is where we are in this day. It's the hour to display the token. The token, the Holy Ghost, must be on display. And what's he displaying? Sons, a word bride. She is the people on display. And Brother Bradham said the final display of her is he going to pick her up and lift her up and said, here she is and away he'll go with her. I'm ready to leave this world, aren't you? I'm ready to leave it. Amen. And when the Spirit of God comes on the promised word, it brings and manifests not a couple of stones that are carved out, not a couple of people with some, you know, well, we we got this holy dress and whatever. Oh, yes, it does it, but it manifests the living God. Behold the word bride. That's what God's bringing in this hour. Let's stand together. That's how the musicians come. I'm going to pick, on, pick up on that maybe in our next service. But I've laid this thing to be just, just to show you really clearly where we are in this hour. What is the hour? The hour is for the bride to be made manifest, for her to be glorified. This is the hour. This is the hour. The seven thunders uttered their voices. And the mysteries that had been symbols in the Bible written in there, but there is symbols for thousands of years have now come off the page and are now known. And the book is open to give you the opportunity by the, to take this Word by the Spirit and let it become flesh till you become the manifested Word of God. I love Him, don't you? Amen. What a day that's gonna be. Let's sing that song. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I will see. Oh what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon the one who save. By the Spirit, when He takes me by the hand, I they can raise up and praise the name of the Lord God. I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you'll move on the behalf of your children. May they see, oh God, they are now the sons of God. The day of checkbook authority that today they can write out any promise right there. It's in the word and accept it right now for themselves and receive it. In Jesus' name, I ask your blessings upon them. Thank you, Lord, for your promise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, reach out and touch the Lord.